Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I have um, an amazing guest for you guys today. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Um, we have a mutual friend uh, in common, Justin, who connected us, um, who's also been on my show. Um, so welcome to the show, Ali Levine. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here too. And I love your show and everything you're doing. Oh my gosh, I've been kind of insta-stalking you. So guys, go right ahead and follow, follow my lead. Um, and for those of you who don't know Allie, I mean, you've done, my God, everything. I mean, celebrity stylist. So you've styled some of the biggest names in Hollywood and music and modeling. Um, you've worked with brands like, you know, Coach and Talbot. So you've, you've done it on that side as well. Um, but it, it looks like you're, you're, you know, evolving as all of us women do a little bit, right? Cause you have yeah. a role of mom, um, which yeah. changes kind of everything. I'm a mom as well. Everything. Mom of three and it's like, whoa, doesn't that throw a spin on it? So we have, I mean, there's just so much that I want to get into, um, today you've, you've obviously been featured in all the big, you know, magazines and all of that. Um, but I think the thing, and my listeners know, know this, what I'm always most fascinated by with anybody, um, that I meet who's following their heart or following their dreams or making their life happen is where did it start? Like we never wake up in the success, right? The success no. is a long journey. No. Most of the time it's a journey that nobody has any idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so behind the scenes. So can you, um, start there with us a little bit, tell us a little bit about kind of your backstory, how you got into, uh, we'll start with maybe styling and what drove you to initially follow your passion, right? It's probably a different yeah. road than everyone else was taking that you knew back, you know, when you started. Yeah, for sure. I, first of all, I love that you said, you know, it's success because I mean, everyone's like, oh, you know, six, you know, the, the quote of success happens overnight. I'm like, this is the longest night of my life. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I, like you were saying with the evolving, I'm still going, I'm still evolving. I'm still growing. I'm still getting to be even more successful. Like people, like when they follow me and they reach out, I'm like, oh, I want to be successful with you. And I want to be quote unquote famous and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, it, it, first off, I never sought out for that. And second off, I still don't consider myself. I, I have to laugh when people say that to me because I'm, I'm like, look, I'm just another woman like anyone else who works really hard and is super passionate about what she shares and does. And I do believe, you know, God has put a lot of my heart to share and has helped with my success. And, um, you know, I think with styling, fashion was always my passion. I have loved fashion since I was a young girl. Um, my grandmother, who my first daughter, Amelia, is named after, was like my very best friend. She's on the other side now, and she's my angel. And she was like just always showing me fashion. We would do sewing, crocheting, um, look at design. I was oil painting. I really got inspiration from her. She just always looked fabulous and put together. And so I didn't obviously know what a stylist was when I was young, but I would just always love fashion. And so that kind of like led me forward to always 
checking out different things in magazines and what was going on in the fashion world, going to fashion shows, studying fashion in school. And then my first job was with Target, uh, my first like real big girl job, if you will. Um, at, you know, my first internship that led to an executive position with them. And I was just interning um, for them for their executive uh, soft lines, which is like their, you know, fashion department. And it was funny because I was in college and I was the president of Northern Arizona Merchandising Association, NAMA in Northern Arizona. It's a whole nother story about how I wound up out there. We'll just say, follow the guy that I shouldn't have wound up in Arizona and went back to New York. Not the husband now, <laughs> thank God. Um, and so um, I am, um, you know, I was at school in Arizona and I was kind of like this big fish in a small pond because I was from New York. I knew fashion. I knew what I was talking about. So I really got to like take the reins of the fashion club. And I was looking for jobs for all different people that were in the club. And I met with Target for other girls. And I just ended up falling in love with their program and just happened to be right place, right time. And they were like, well, we'd love to have your other girls too, but like, what about you? And so I applied and, you know, I luckily, you know, was um, accepted and I started my internship with them. And that was kind of the first real big girl job and road to fashion. It led me to doing, you know, the retail executive soft line side, learning so much in corporate, doing, you know, soft lines, planograms, retail, everything. Because when you are an executive, you know, at Target, you run as a manager, you run the floor, you do the planograms, you're with logistics for the truck, like you, you do it all. And it was an amazing experience. And it was where I started. And then I realized like, you know what, this is really good. I'm doing well, but like in my heart is not feeling it. I feel like I'm just kind of in this like hamster wheel motion. Nothing's happening, even though I was so successful for being like, I don't know, 20, 21 years old. Like I remember my, my parents were like, you're going to give up like an almost 90 grand job. What are you nuts? You know? And I was like, I might be nuts, but you know what? Like I just didn't, I didn't feel it, you know? And Target was an amazing company, but it just wasn't resonating anymore. And I turned to them and I said, I really want to get more into, I think, the corporate side because I want to do design because I studied design and merchandising and all this stuff in school. And they were like, well, you know, you'd have to go to Minnesota for that. And I was originally from, you know, New York. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's a little cold. I'm like, we should go and experience it. So I did. And uh, I think I experienced just about enough where they said, uh, make sure you're covered up because it's 10 degree wind chill and you need to, you know, make sure all your skin is covered. And I was like, and back to New York. I yeah. Know. And you're like, um, and I'm coming from Arizona. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, not happening. So that was like the next thing that led me to now looking into corporate. I kind of had to start over long story short, because even though I had an incredible resume of retail, I didn't have anything in corporate. So I had to kind of humble myself and uh, start over, started working for fragments which was a private label jewelry company and so private label for anyone that doesn't know basically you're designing for Saks, new marcus aeropostale banana republic but you're you're doing the designing and they're putting their label on it so i was behind that i was an assistant on that and i got to work on that project and work on many different amazing brands and that was kind of my start into the design world and then from there i worked with coach and talbots as you mentioned and lacoste and many others and got to work on all these different teams and then the stock market crashed. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, it's like, here's what I love first and foremost is that, um, not only did you follow your heart initially to go do something that you really love, something that resonated with you, um, as a child, I think a lot of us, whatever it is that we're passionate about as a child, 
we leave behind, right? I think most yeah. people do. Most people do. We're told to, you yeah, know, we're told, right? Like, like, oh, that's silly. Let it go. You know, you don't need, but now it's funny, right? Like, I feel like now yeah. more people are conscious to like this inner child and like yeah. actually playing with that and allowing it. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm just thinking about the people that I know who are really successful. Most of them are, and I know I am doing something that I kind of thought about it's a different avenue, right? Yeah. But um, essentially the same thing that I was thinking about when I was 10 years old. Yeah, but I awesome. think a lot of times, you know, that is- is It's a food. It's like, no, just just get a big job, girl yeah. job. I mean, even my parents, you know, love them to death. But like when I was leaving Target, they're like, you have money in savings. You are living home. You're making killer money. You have a great job. You're on your way to district manager, which would be like double the money. Like you're insane. And I was yeah. like- maybe, but I'm not happy, you know? And I think that, that that intuition, yes, I think there yep. is a time where you have to ask your heart and have to connect to yourself and your God-given intuition and say, is this right for me? Do I really want to be doing this? Now I understand for many people that they can't switch something immediately and that's fine. And right. there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to have that convert. You have to be willing to have that conversation with yourself at some point. If you do feel like I want something to change, otherwise you just do just stay in what it is because you're choosing to stay in that uncomfortable comfort level. Yeah. And I think it, I think it's so, so important. And, you know, in your career, just even, you know, the, the research that I've done on you and mine is very much the same too. I feel like I'm reinventing myself probably every five years. And now, you know, for a while, <laughs> yeah, for a while it was something I was embarrassed of or ashamed of because, yeah. you know, that was not the norm when I was growing up. Like yeah. you said, the norm was like, go get the real job and right. done with what it. You doing? You're a dreamer. You're all over the plate. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've heard it all. I've heard it all, you know? And I think that, you have to get, in my opinion, you have to like really look at those as limiting beliefs. Some of them are given to you. Some of them are within us, but whatever they are, they're limiting beliefs. And you're choosing to allow them to come into your life to then dictate what your life is and what it looks like and what you're going to be doing. And if you do that, you just have to know that's what you're subscribing to. And yes, it is harder to dream. Yes, it is harder to create and, you know, do the things that you and I do, but you have to choose to want it. You have to have the same passion I had to start in fashion to just go forward and say, this is what I want. And I'm going to go balls to the wall with it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least I can say I did it instead of, I wish I tried this, or I wish I did this or whatever it may be. And a lot of people say to me, like, you know, well, you know, how do you, when you reinvent yourself, you know, how do you handle like your own ego because you were so stylist and now your mom. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of like demons to face when all that changed for me. I mean, I went through heavy postpartum depression, you know, I had a lot I had to really deal with and, and, and take on. But again, this comes back to coming back to our intuition, right? And, and trusting in ourselves before listening to the noise and everything else outside that's telling us no matter what it is that you can't do it, you're not enough, it's never gonna happen because that's what, that's what the world tells us, unfortunately. So we have to be able to tap into our intuition and say, yes, I can. Yes, I will. And watch me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think when you are awake to listening to yourself, to your gut, to your heart, to whatever it is, um, and you, you feel that call, right. That, yeah. that kind of initial spark of passion, whether it comes through an idea, um, yeah. or sometimes it'll wake me up. In the yeah. Yeah, yeah. It comes through all different kinds of things. And you just know, you know, when you know, and I'm sure at, it resonates, know, right. Yeah. Yep. And the, I yeah. think the reason why we know is because we've been acting on those, you know, for throughout our life. And we yeah. know when we don't, yeah. that's when we're really unsatisfied and we feel like we're really stuck or stale right. when we, 
when we're successful or not, we're alive. Like we're on fire. Because you're aligned, right? At your highest, you know, your highest self and you can feel it and you know it and you're excited about it and you're energized, right? And I realize even Price, I love you said about stale. I realized for myself with the recreating myself over and over again, it's when I start to feel stale. It's when all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, this, I don't have passion for this anymore, or I need to reinvent this, or I need to change this. I mean, like, you know, and and I think a lot of times people feel like they should just stay in what they're in because it just, it, it works quote unquote, or there's nothing wrong, but why do we have to wait for something to be wrong to then change it? Why can't it be like you were just saying where you just feel like, "Mm, you know what, maybe something's stale, or maybe I do want to reinvent this, or I want to change this and tap into ourselves more. And again, in my opinion, like outside society, all the programs around us, they've been telling us for years that, that you don't listen to that and you pay attention to the outside and you listen to the celebrities and the public figures and this and that and whatever it may be. But really that's all bullshit. Like it, it, yep. it's really listening Absolutely. to you and listening to your intuition and, and connecting to yourself to say, does this resonate? Like, do I really, and I got caught up in that too. Like, you know, like when people say to me like, oh, it's so easy to say that. And I'm like, look, I, I like, I'm a normal person too. Like I worked in Hollywood for many years. I got caught up in all of it. And then some and drank the glue and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, and those were hard questions for me to ask myself when things felt stale and when things felt like they didn't align anymore and it didn't feel right. And I had to say to myself, well, well, why is that? You know? And, and it was hard to like, go back to me and be like, okay, well, then that means that maybe I don't align with this anymore. And then that means that I'm not maybe going to be the top of my game with this anymore. And, and that was an ego thing. That was like, oh, yeah. I, you know, I mean, and yeah. it's hard, right? Your ego wants to protect it's, you, yeah. wants to tell you that like, no, 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 stay here. Mm-hmm. And I think that like what you were saying with that, those downloads, when you get those like higher self, those are like the quiet voice inside of you that are like, no, listen to what I'm telling you because I'm really trying to guide you versus your screaming ego. Who's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know? Yeah. yeah it's so true because the ego is a, is a real thing. I mean, I went through that when I left corporate, I'd worked very hard to, yeah. you know, get that nice, powerful that title. corporate ladder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get the title. You do feel a little powerful, you know, like it gets yeah. you doors, whatever, whatever. And when I left that and started my company, I mean, I started with nothing. I was, you know, back cold. Called I was like <laughs> doing it all, you know, and, yeah. and it's, it was hard. It actually took me probably a year and a half to even tell people what I did. It was just crazy. Oh, I, 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 I didn't even understand what was going on. You know, yeah. I was like, why am I, I should be proud that I'm, you know, but it was a weird transition. And I think, um, it's funny because I've, that was four and a half years ago. And I'm just now launching the next phase of my business, which is uh, coaching two corporations. So I'm kind of uh-huh. coming back. So cool. Full circle. Full circle. It always yeah. does. Yeah. And it's yeah. so funny because it's almost five years, right? And so wow. it's a thing where I'm like, yeah. so time, cool. to do it. time to keep it going. Um, but I, I love that you've been kind of following that um, your entire life as well. And so where did it lead you next after you had kind of like gone in and been like, I love fashion, I'm crushing it. I also love that you did these different avenues too. You, you didn't just kind of stick to one, you were really learning every piece of it, which is part of the, you know, part of our education for whatever's next. Yeah. Getting knowledge kind of across the board. Sometimes you don't even know why. Right. Not not make sense, but then the next phase opens up and you're like, oh, so glad I know all that. Yes. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Well, you know, so then going back to then, you know, stock market crashing and then me kind of really having to ask myself like, okay, 
what am I going to do? Because I'm not going to go home. I just had too much pride. And I was like, I'm, you know, I got to pick my apartment outside of New York city in Hoboken, which is expensive and, you know, figure out my life and this, that, and the other thing. And I started calling around friends and everything. And I said like, Hey, you know, I've always wanted to check out the entertainment industry. I don't even know where to start, but you know, who, who can maybe introduce me to somebody or who can give me some kind of mentorship or whatever, because I literally have nothing right now. I started my master's online, um, for fashion, just figuring, Hey, I'll just further my education. So I started that, but I was still feeling stale when I was doing it. So it was more just like, I'll just do it because I feel like, Hey, at least I'm doing something and not sitting around. I'm someone who can't sit around. So it was like, I really had to just like wrestle with that. And then I had some friends and family who introduced me to some people in the entertainment industry network wise. And I went and had an interview for a movie that was coming into New York, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, which is my first film I worked on as a production assistant. And I sat down with the famous and amazing and insane Oliver Stone and uh, his team. And they were like, look, we don't care about fashion. I, I'll, wait, you'll laugh. So I'll, I'll paint you a picture. So when I showed up at my interview, I was like, you know, thinking fashion and this, that, the other thing. So I'm in like high heels cute tights you know I think they were like black with like little like pink dots or something I remember <laughs> and I had like Mary Jane like high heels and I had on you know a cute like sweater because it was like fall and like big you know uh, bag when the chokers were like huge like big you know thick choker and you know like just super done up my hair and makeup and the whole thing and I had like bright pink lipstick on and I remember walking in there and sitting down and they were like all right you know show us your resume and so I'm going on and on about fashion and they're like yeah we don't care about fashion. We just need, I remember sitting there being like, what? You know, right. you're like, hold <laughs> up. <laughs> What's happening. And they were like, we just need someone who literally will be our bitch girl. Like we need someone to just go and get donuts, coffee, listen when we ask them to maybe go feed someone's cat, do a grocery run. And I was like, Oh, and I, I was really humbled in that moment. Sure, yeah. Cause especially Cause after your there, career, point, yes. Right? Exactly. And I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, I worked in Target and I was like the top, top chick about to go district. I just did all these designs for coach. I was at the top of my game, Lacoste. I redid all these prints. Like I, I, I helped them invent a whole new bag. Like, and I'm sitting here going like, and I'm going to start from the bottom, basically making like barely any money, not even doing fashion for, but for what? Like I was like sitting there like, yep. but then the other part of me was like, but you have nothing else. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like and also opportunity. Opportunity right. comes in all kinds of forms, you That's know. Right. And like right. most people would let their ego get in the way. And, and I almost did. Like, Honestly, I almost yeah. did because I was sitting there and they're like telling me it's like small pay and it's like 18 hours a day. And I'm like, where the frick am I? <laughs> like, this is fucking nuts. No, thank you. Right. Exactly. You know, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? You know, I'm ready to kill my friends and family. And so, yeah. you know, and so they were like, Do you want it? And I remember sitting there almost being like, no. And then I was like, okay. And they're like, yeah, you know, they're like, you start next Monday. And they were like, we need you at 5am. And I was like, okay. You know, and it was like, <laughs> aim on, you know, and my first day I showed up there and I, you know, of course I dressed super cute, you know, regardless. And they're like, oh, you should probably wear sneakers or flats. Cause you're running like crazy. And I was like, uh, you know, and so, and I'm standing there and Oliver Stone looks at me and he's like, nice to meet you. Just, you know, just don't fuck up. And I'm like, you know, and he's like, like yeah, wow, he's, okay. He's no, he's no joke. There's a reason why that man is so successful. And um, and so he looks at me and his team and he's like, What do you guys want? They give their coffee orders. Long story short, I go to the coffee, I go to Starbucks, I go get their coffee orders, I come back. One of the orders was supposed to be like, you know, light with no whip, meaning like no whipped cream and the whole thing. Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, take a sip and he like spits it out. And I'm like horrified. And he's like, why is there whip on this? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. That was like my, that talk about the ego. Woo! Yeah. You're like, whoa, I just got knocked down every peg. <laughs> yep, that's right. Exactly. And he was like, go back and fix it. And I, you know, and I'm like trying to hold back my tears, you know, and he's like, and he's like, I can't give you money because I already gave you like the petty cash, like, which is the money they give you on a set. And he's like, so you have to just go handle it. And I'm like, okay. And I like, you know, run over the Starbucks. I'm hysterical crying now in front of these people at Starbucks, which is another like major ego. Like here I am crying in front of everybody. And they're like, it's okay. It's okay don't worry we'll give you a free well like chill you know and I'm like okay <laughs> you know I'm like <laughs> fixing my makeup in the bathroom check the cup 100 million times go back give it back to him he's like all right that's right good job you know and I'm like oh my god and that was the start of my first day for six months into my first job as a production assistant in the movie industry and it was a very humbling moment for me because I went from being like this known hot shot to nobody it was yeah. literally like nobody cares who you are Yep. Nobody knows you. You better work your ass off to stay here. This is your only job. You have no other options. It's either that or unemployment. Me personally was not an option. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to figure this out. And it was one of the hardest jobs I ever had. But can I tell you, Sarah, it was one of the most humbling and rewarding to this day because yep. it reminds me to constantly work hard. It reminds me also, even as a boss to other people, how to be and how to show them, you know, without, you know, beating them up, how to like train them right, but like show them how to work. And it honestly, it, I mean, to this day, I, I'm so grateful for that opportunity and it opened so many doors. You know, I did a great job. I had, of course, other hiccups, but I, I learned and I did a great job and they referred me on to other movies. And also besides that, after a few months of working in just, you know, coffee and donuts and scripts, Oliver Stone and the team said, look, you've done a great job. We're going to let you work part-time in the costume department. And I got to go meet the costume designer, El Mirage, the famous costume designer. And I got to have all these amazing opportunities. And that's what led me into other movies and yeah. television in New York and meeting, you know, on other shows and getting to have all those opportunities. And so you just never know, you know, you never know what that one window, that one door is going to do when it opens for you. And had I said no, like I probably wouldn't have wound up in with a team in Atlanta that ended up being from LA who told me to go to LA, which is how I wound up in LA and then ended up on a set where, you know, realized I was kind of feeling stale again in the movies and costume. And I was like, okay, I don't love what I'm doing, but like, here I am in LA, like, what am I doing? And I met people on that team that were like, oh, you should look into styling. And I was like, I don't really know what that is. I've seen Rachel Zoe. She has this show. And they were like, yeah, but you'd be really good at it. It's this, that, and the other thing. And so then I started all over again, had to humble myself all over again and say, okay, I'm going to go intern for Monica Rose, the Kardashians and Kanye West tour and all these people, but again, started over. And I think for me, having to start over several times in my career, like what you were speaking to the constant reinventing, that was something I just had to constantly get used to because the universe for a reason just kept knocking me on my ass. Every time something would happen, it was like, oh, no, you're not humbled enough. So now you're going to do this. No, this is going to happen. And it was a lot of learning for me, you know? And so I think now fast forward to all the different jobs and hats that I wear, I can almost humble myself and say like, you know, I was telling my husband the other day, cause I was, uh, I was doing coaching for myself, like getting coached for this one TV thing that I'm doing. Cause you know, I do a lot of TV segments yeah. and there's this one project that I was being coached for because I felt like I could use some coaching. And I always think it's good to invest in yourself and your career because yeah. we can always get better. Right? right. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking to him and after I finished I to my husband, I'm like, you know, I had to really check my ego in there. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because I felt like I really knew what I was talking about, but he kept really like knocking me down and being like, nope, speak to this. Nope, speak to that. And and I said, you know, I had to really like sit with myself and say, wow, like you do know what you're talking about, but you're still like learning, even though you have so many years 
under your belt, you know, and that was a really big moment for me. And so I think that for me, like you said, like I'm always constantly evolving. I'm constantly reinventing myself. And I think I've also switched in my own mind with like mindset. Like I no longer look at it as just work. I look at it as creating. And I think when you change that vibration and that frequency of like, I'm creating versus I'm working, it just changes everything, you know? And I love so much. I mean, there's so much in there that you said that I can resonate with. And and the first thing I want to start with is having the openness, um, and the adaptability to be able to start over. And so many people are so terrified of that, that they would rather stay in a career they despise for 30 years, you know, versus having to start over. And I think there's something really amazing about starting over. Not only the points that you mentioned, which I think one of them is really critical, which is you have to have worked at the bottom at something in your life in order to know how to treat people when you rise. And because there's nothing that I hate more (laughs) than being around really rich people or, you know, celebrities and watching them treat people like shit and having no idea what it would be like to be in that person's shoes. I just can't tolerate that at all. But the thing is, you know, a lot of people haven't ever been in those shoes. So I think the the ability to work up from wherever it is that you're starting gives you perspective, teaches you how to treat people, teaches you how to be a better leader, all of those things, which you just can't learn any other way. I feel like. No, you can't. It's just just real life, right? It's literally real life. And I joke when people ask me, I'm like, dude, I literally was baptized by fire. Like, that's just what Mm -hmm. it was. I just jumped right in and and, and, and as you said, in each new endeavor and each new, you know, career and move, I mean, even when I became a mom, you know, it was like, here, I'm a new mom. I thought I was going to go right back to styling. I thought I was going to get right back on set. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I was going right <laughs> to <on set. laughs> get right, right back on set ego, right? I yep. was going to get right back on set. Two weeks later, my first off, my birth was like a disaster, traumatic, that was a whole nother story. And so I was bed bound, you know, and bedridden for like almost, you know, three weeks. I didn't drive for nine weeks. So it was like, yeah, okay, throw that out the window. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay home right here and not move, um, which I believe the universe did on purpose. to yeah. and, uh, <laughs> yep. and, you know, it's crazy because like, I think about then when I went back to set and then I wasn't even happy on set. It felt stale and I felt like I'm missing my daughter and I don't want to be here. And I no longer like had this like resonance that I had before of like being excited to be around all these people and, and the glam. I was like, I want to be home in my pajamas with my daughter. Like I was, and it was such a weird experience for me because it was like, wait, what am I talking about? Like, I was so excited to get back yeah. to set, you know? And I had to like really sit with myself when I got home and be like, okay, you know what? Like, then what am I going to do? And and it was, that was hard because it was like, this has been my career for so long, you know, right. and, and, and thank God I did have a team. I do have a team around me, you know, built it over the years. And I turned my team and I said, I'll still style, but I'm not going to style every day. And I'm not going to be on set every day. What does this look like for me? I know, of course I need assistance at the other thing, but like, what else can I do? And I was starting to already do the TV segments for a few years. So they were great that they were like, let's talk motherhood on camera. Let's change. You know? And, and again, I do believe like you said in the beginning, when you align with your passion, you align with what really helps yourself and others. And you're really serving in one way or another, you know, God source, whatever you want to say for me, it's God, yeah. you know, really does align you with what you should be doing, even if it's not what you were doing originally. And so yeah, I do believe like bubbles I, to the top almost yeah, like it, exactly. it shows itself. It shows itself. Exactly. It finds itself and it evolves. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for me, that's what happened. It was like, 
all of a sudden I started doing more TV stuff. And then my postpartum depression hit. That was obviously not planned or expected. And I had no idea sharing that experience would lead to me then being a sought on mommy influencer. And I quote, because I think influencer is such an annoying word, but I wish I knew everyone like, is like, why? And I'm like, cause I just don't like that. It's like influence because we just talked about this entire conversation about how we listen to the outside too much and don't yeah, listen to yeah. ourselves. And so I have a major issue with thinking I'm like, quote unquote, influencing someone. Yeah. You could be like, I'm an educator. Or I'm sharing. Yes, I'm empowering. You know? I'm empowering. empowering. You know, like that's how I feel. And so yeah. you know, as this like top, you know, mommy influencer and blogger, I was like, uh, okay. You know, and, and so of course you wrestle with the ego of like, oh, that's huge. And then the other part of it's like, oh, but I don't really resonate with that. And so, but I realized that like I tapped into me sharing all the time about my experiences and what was, you know, I was having a hard time with motherhood, my postpartum depression and wrestling with my own demons and my own ego within styling. And, and so sharing that is what led to then that shift in my career to be sharing all those things so raw and vulnerable because many, I guess, you know, choose not to do that or don't want to. Yeah, right. um, and I felt like for me, I didn't really choose it. I feel like it was chosen for me and I just started sharing. And then that's how my podcast happened. And so it just kind of evolved from there, you know, and I never really planned to be, you know, an on-camera, you know, expert and TV personality. I didn't plan to be an influencer sharing my life and being such an open book. Like these were not things that were, if you had asked me years ago, oh, would you be doing these things? I'd be like, uh, no, you know what I mean? And yeah. now it's just part of me. And I just keep right. kind of going with it and evolving and sharing, you know, as I, as I go along. And so when people say to me, like, how do you constantly change what you're doing. I'm like, honestly, now I just go, I feel like I just go with the flow. I don't want inspiration and, and, and intuition. And I think too, like what you were saying with like connecting to yourself, it's like, you just feel that involvement and you know, it's for you and you just go with it versus I feel like when you are an ego, like we were saying, you force it, right? Everything's forced. Yes, I must yes. get this. I have to hit this. I I remember in styling, like even when I would get best dressed with my clients, it was like, I had to hit this magazine. I had to and I didn't even give myself time to celebrate the wins that right. I was having. And, you know, I think that now that I've, because as you know, as a mom, like you are humbled majorly. And I think in my opinion, you're reborn every time you have a child. And so I think between my two girls, I've really been not only humbled, but really awakened to so much now that I've learned to really how to handle my ego. And I still have that dance. We all do, but I'm more awake and conscious to when it's going on and how to walk myself away from those limiting beliefs and to allow myself to connect back to intuition. And when I feel myself spinning in a moment, sit with myself and just breathe and say, okay, what voice is screaming at you right now? And what voice is kind of just that quiet voice that's trying to tell you like what's really going on? Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for me making those changes and kind of following that intuition now is part of the excitement of life, right? Yeah. It's, it's almost like, I do something as long as I feel on fire about it. And I love as soon as I kind of start to feel, and, and, you know, I'll let it go a little bit just to make sure it's not one of those little slumps. We all have, yeah, those, yeah. We, right? all have we all have as entrepreneurs. I feel like you have to get used to those slumps because yeah, you know, you know, I'm like, why am I constantly now? I'm like, Oh, entrepreneur life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then when you kind of go through a prolonged one and you're like, wait a second, like you said, I'm not enjoying this the way I'm not getting the thrill of it the way that I used to. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's not hitting those spots. Yeah. yeah. That is the kind of, for me, the indicator that it's time to change and time to move. Yeah. Switch it and up. I, yeah, exactly. And I think, um, you know, like you said, motherhood changes so much. So everything, everything. 
and there's there's a lot of other big moments in our life that changes you know getting married is one that things you know moving cross country which I know you've done multiple times it looks like (laughs) um is a big one for me I'm going through the opposite of what you're going through I just took my son to college on Saturday um which is I can't I can't even imagine the emotions girl and it goes everyone will tell you this and you'll be like yeah 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 whatever it goes by so much faster than yeah. you can begin to fathom. It's yeah. just, it's like, you know, you were head down surviving and then it's Right, done. all of a sudden it's, it's done. done. Right, yeah. the next so it, chapter of your life, yeah. Yeah, so part of, you know, I think my awareness um, in the motherhood space, and I've been a single mom um, for 13 years since my son was five. Super mom. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and I think I always in the back of my head, felt time ticking. You know Mm. what I mean? Like even on the bad days, even on the days when I wanted to go scream in a pillow or be like, Oh my God, I can't handle this. I always had that sense of like, you're going to want this day back. Even this day, you're going to want even, even this bad day. Yeah. yeah. So go breathe. Yeah. Go do what you got to do and show up because it's going to be gone before you know it. And I would love to talk about the ways in which motherhood, um, has changed you, you know, as a woman. Um, and you know, like you said, the good and the bad postpartum is really tough. I think I definitely went through that with my twins. Um, for sure they were cesarean. So I didn't really bond with them initially. Cause I was literally mm-hmm. out <laughs> for like yeah, the first Six, or six hours of their life. I was yeah. not going to wait. Like trauma right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it, it changes so much. So how is it, um, what have those changes been like adapting to that? Cause that is different than adapting to all the different career stuff that you've oh, got yeah. good at. This is, you know, no one yeah. can prepare you for whatever it is we feel when we go. You know, and even different. when we feel like we've got it down, it changes, right? Like immediately yeah. you're like, Oh, this works. And it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. And half the time we don't even know what we're feeling or why we're feeling it. We're like, what yep. is going on? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that, um, so first off, you know, I love this question because I think that in the beginning in motherhood, I just felt like I was drowning all the time and I felt like I was not a good mom and that, you know, I couldn't be a career woman and, you know, a mom and be successful at both. And that society tells you that too. And I just felt like I listened to all that. Like I just, I absorbed all that. And with my postpartum depression, I like really went dark and I was like, well, I'm just going to be a mom and nothing wrong with that. Cause there's several moms that are just moms. And that is a full-time flipping job in itself. But for me being a woman who was always on the go and loving being an entrepreneur, I really wanted to be both. And I felt like I really had to give up because for me, there was no giving up on Amelia. And so I think that when I went through my postpartum depression and I really like experienced that darkness and I turned to my husband and I said, you know, I feel like I'm mourning the death of me was when he really realized like something was wrong. And I looked at him like, well, it's fine. I'm just, I'm just, that part of Allie's gone and I'm just a mom and like, that's yeah. it, you know? And, and I felt like that was normal. You know, it was like, well, I'm just going to be a mom and that's that. And I think when I got through the postpartum depression and came out, you know, thank God on the other side, I think that, you know, a lot of my postpartum depression therapy was cognitive therapy, was mindfulness, was meditation, breath work, gratitude work, journaling, like all the people want to call woo stuff that I personally don't think is very woo. Oh my God. Um, I think it's science. I think it's like, how do people, it changes your mindset. It changes (laughs) your brain. Like anyone listening, like I was that person years ago that thought it was woo. And now I'm so grateful. I have done all that because my mind will never, ever be in that place ever again. It's like you become awake to every life skills. It's life skills. Every human being should be taught like they're taught math or how to read. Right. That's right. 
that's how you manage life is that's right exactly your skills. mindset's yeah. how you tap into your higher consciousness it's how you're aware of everything it's how that you know how to take out the noise it's how you handle what's going on when everything is around you spinning because life how is not always yes exactly how you tap oh. into happiness all of yes. it yeah. yeah. And, and, and real happiness, right? Not the materials they want to sell us, not right. the things they want to tell us, bring us happiness. Those are all things we enjoy. Obviously me, fashion stylist, of course I do, but right. it doesn't mean it's what actually makes you happy. And that was something I also wrestled with was like, always like during the postpartum depression, like buying things for myself to fulfill myself. And then I'm not realizing why I wasn't fulfilled. And it was like, cause I wasn't happy. It had nothing to do with the fact that I loved the material things I was getting, but it had nothing right. to do with me. And so I think that, you know, going through all that really humbled me, but also empowered me. And it showed me as a mom that like, I can do it all. I probably can't do it all at once, mm -hmm. but I can, but I just have to find, I don't want to say balance, harmony, rhythm, whatever, just find a way to do it. And there's still like some days where I'm killing it as an entrepreneur and some days where I'm killing it as a mom. And, and there's very seldom days where I'm doing both, but yeah. you know what? You just find those priorities, you find the windows. And if you really want it, you figure it out, you know, and show up for yourself, right? First and foremost, that was something I had to learn was like, really not only showing up for Amelia, but like showing up for Allie and showing up for me and really doing, you know, inner child work on myself of like, how do I show up to be good and kind to Allie and do what I need to do so I can show up for everybody else and be a better woman and wife and mom and all the things, you know, to be able to move forward. And I think that in motherhood, you know, in the beginning, it's really scary, obviously. And it's like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Right. And what is this? And why do I feel like this? And your hormones are out of whack. And there's just so much going on that you literally feel like you're spinning and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to even survive one day. And you've got breastfeeding up. And then the list just goes on. Right. And you, you know, and your body went through a car wreck and you're supposed to pretend <laughs> like it's no big deal. And you're supposed to bounce back. And I mean, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, but I think on a much heavier, like spiritual level, you really are in my opinion, reborn. And you have to almost like realize this rebirth and, and, and see that as actually something as you were saying earlier, when we were chatting about this new beginning, right. That it doesn't have to be yeah. bad. It doesn't have to be ugly. It doesn't have to be um, scary. It may feel it, but you can yeah. embrace it. And I think that once I finally switched that mindset and came into, these are new experiences, these are new adventures. I'm going to experience a lot of this with Amelia. I'm going to change all of these things. I started feeling more empowered and I started seeing other women around me feel empowered. And that's when things started to change for me. And I really, I mean, there were days where I'd wake up and I'd be like, I, I just can't show up today. And it was like, you know what? I gave myself that grace and said, I'm just going to focus on Amelia today. I'm not going to force myself to show up on social media. I took two months off social media. Everybody was like, where'd she go? And I had to, because yeah. I couldn't even show up for me, let alone show up for the right. world online, you know? Right. And I think we put so much pressure on ourselves, especially as moms, where we feel like we have to always do every single All thing. Like, and no. if you're this or that, and it's like, no, it's, put that noise outside and just know it's noise and know like you're doing everything you can. That next thing will be there if it's meant for you. Not everything that comes is an opportunity. That was another one I had to swallow, especially as a new mom. Like so many things were coming at me and I was trying to learn how to handle everything. And it was like, but is this really an opportunity or is this a distraction? Is this really something I align with? Or is my ego just saying, oh, you should just do it because like you need to distract yourself from actually dealing with everything else going on. And I think that when we empower ourselves with that kind of knowledge and tell ourselves like, I am changing. I am shifting. I am becoming a new version of myself. I maybe don't like those things anymore. I maybe don't feel good in certain things that I used to wear. It's okay. It, embrace it. Know that this is a new chapter. You're not supposed to be the same person. You're hopefully going to evolve and move forward and grow and your children are be part of that growth. And I think fast forward to then having Arlie, my second, 
I not only had a VBAC, you know, with my second daughter, which is a vaginal birth after a C-section for those that don't know, but that alone was so massively empowering for me. So many people told me that would never happen. Once a C-section, always a C-section, the whole nine yards. And I empowered myself to do so much mindset training to tell myself, no, I can make this happen. And I trust my body. I trust myself. I trust Allie. And it did. And I think going through that for me, not only was also another rebirth, but it was like, yes, look at how powerful you are. You've always had this power within you. Your daughters have only now helped you and taken this out of you and shown you because now you have to show up and be that powerful for your children or for your child. And so I believe that we're given that extra strength to actually show to our kids if we actually choose to tap into it. And so I think for me, I've gone from that scary place of like being, you know, like I can't do anything and I'm struggling and I can barely get a bed and I'm crying every day and looking at myself in the mirror. I hate my body to now finally coming to a place where I'm like, okay, I don't love my body, but I did have two babies in the last couple of years. So like give myself grace. Okay. I can't get myself together every day. I don't look like this every day, but it's okay because I'm a busy entrepreneur, working woman, and the house is a mess because I can't get to it today. But you know what? I got this done and this paid this bill. And I think just having those conversations within yourself and empowering yourself and knowing how good a job you are doing. And as long as like they're thriving and you're thriving, it's all that matters. Everything else is noise. You yeah. know, it is. I love how much you've touched on mindset because as my audience knows, that's, that's my fucking jam. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think, you know, it was something that I didn't know anything about until I had my earthquake moment when my, my husband left 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, you know, I've, I've learned how to do it. I've learned how to teach it. Um, and it just changes everything, everything, I think everything. my kids on it. Um, you know, my, son, I love that. I've been doing that with my toddler. I love that from day one, from day one, like I really started teaching them how to talk nice to themselves, how to never say negative things about themselves, yeah. how to ne- yeah. never say negative things about each other. Just all of those, those pieces yeah, being, being conscious of what you're, yeah. Yeah. And it's just crazy how much it changes everything. You said something a little bit ago about um, you know, really working on your mindset and showing up, um, as a parent and, and just think about this from a logical perspective. If we're tearing ourselves down all day long, if we're saying yeah. you're a shit mom, you let your baby cry for two more minutes, or, you know, you were frustrated when you changed that diaper, you were this, that, or the other, right? Like we, we have this internal dialogue that can just rip us apart all day long, all day long. How are we supposed to show up? as our best mom that way like would you let anyone else talk to you that way no but somehow right. like we let ourselves tear us other. and that was one of my first things in therapy was like so you think these horrible things about yourself like i, I had to write down a notebook like yeah. all that i was thinking and it was it was horrifying right and they were like so you think all these things about yourself how are you supposed to even show up and, 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 and act like you know normal self and even be a good example for your daughter if you think all these things exactly. about yourself and also like, if anyone came to you and said that to you, wouldn't you be like, get the F out of my house? Like, <laughs> like let's know? go, let's go. Like, right. I, yeah. I, I think that's the thing that always just kind of blows me away. Um, and when I'm teaching people kind of like how to change that mindset, I always, yeah. to me, it's just well, a logical thing. It's like, it doesn't matter if you believe it's true or don't believe it's true. Just think about it super, super logically. If I tell myself I'm shit at something, 
how much harder is it going to be for me to be good at it? That's, That's like looking up a waterfall. It's going to be 10 times harder to do. Like I'm just so making true. it harder. Right. And, and you say something enough, right? You believe it, right? Even if it's not the truth, say it over and over and over again, it become it becomes the truth. Even if it maybe yeah. isn't the truth. So if you keep saying the same negative thing over and over and over again, guess what? That's going to become your truth. It's going to become your reality. You will consume that. That will become part of you, whether you like it or not. Yep. And as soon as it becomes a belief system, the belief system is the thing that's going to manifest the fastest that's right. and most accurately. And it'll just keep happening and happening until you change it. Yeah. Cause your energy and your thoughts create your reality. And people want to say, yeah. you know, Oh no, well this, that, and I'm like, no, it really is. It's like, even me, like there are times where it'll be slow and things are not happening. And I'm like, oh, okay, what am I going to do this month? And, uh, being entrepreneur projects, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm going to think about being abundant. I'm going to think about the projects I want to create what I want to come in. Does it always happen? No, not always, but most of the time something will align because yeah. I was open to it. And because I had those positive thoughts around it and was already speaking it out versus saying nothing's going to happen. Oh, it's going to be a slow month. And guess what? It is. It always is. Yep. Yep. I always tell people, if you don't believe in any of this stuff, all you have to do is look at your last 10 years and see your biggest like sore spots or yeah. your biggest stress things. And just ask yourself, what do I normally think about that stuff every day? Boom. There you go. <laughs> That's so true. It's an great. exact ratio. That's it's a like, great like, example. Yeah, yeah. Whatever I've been stressing about is exactly my current reality. So it's right. like, you yep. know, we're not making this shit up. It's actually real. exactly. <laughs> and it's actually really not that complicated when you actually no, dive into it. No, You're no, like, Oh, I have control. I, so I have power. What? <laughs> yeah. So how did you, um, when, when you really started kind of learning this stuff, what were some of the tools that you used to change it? I mean, I use mottos, I use mantras, yeah, yeah. you know, all kinds sure. of stuff. write it down. What are some of the yeah. things? I- affirmations are huge for me. I do affirmations daily. I also do affirmations with my daughters every day in the mirror. Okay. I have a little rose spray. I spray on them or amethyst and my toddler asks them, Amelia will say affirmations and we'll stand yeah. there and we'll, you know, you're beautiful, you're brave, yeah. you're great, you know? Um, and so, and that's for me as well. Um, prayer meditation is a big one. I also recently heavily got into sound frequency. So I listened to different frequencies. Oh my God, I'll send you. I'm obsessed. Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll ask if I can give my discount count for your show if your listeners yeah, want to that would be awesome I'll put it in the show show notes yeah I, I'm obsessed it's called soak and I, honestly like I soak in the sound now what I like is like whereas meditation you have to be so still and like really be concentrating which is great but not we don't always especially as moms have that time I love that I can just turn it on whether it's on when the girls are playing and all of a sudden I'm down or I'm doing something I just have to my ears like I immediately feel the shift so yeah. I've been really big into that right now which makes sense to me because I'm like okay well our energy with the frequency with vibrations, like to me, it all ties in. So it makes sense that I'm feeling that shift. So I really love that. I also love breath work. I have found such a difference in my life in doing breath work. Um, I feel like we forget that our breath actually really is our drug. And like, if we connect to that and think about that with the mindset, like, forget it, there's no messing with you. Like it's, it's over game over. Um, so it's, that's a big one for me. And then I have a journal that I journal in, not as every day, like I used to, but I try to check in with myself and just kind of write down my feelings. I like that. It asks me questions like, you know, what are you affirming today? What do you want to affirm tomorrow? What do you want to bring in? And then it makes me sign it. So I'm like really affirming oh, like, like yeah, like this is what I'm saying. I'm affirming to it. And then at the bottom it says, and what do you want to bring in tomorrow? And what did you learn from today? So it really makes you kind of go past, present, future, real fast. Fast, but like, but be very like um, intentional to it. Yes, yeah. exactly. And wait, yeah. 
Yeah. And I think all those things and just mindfulness practices, right? Like just in general, anytime I feel myself spinning, being really conscious, I used to just spin and let myself spin. And now I knew I can't, especially because I had postpartum depression. So I have to be on top of it and say, nope, I'm spinning for a reason. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go play and let my inner child come out with my daughters. I'm going to go get a green drink, whatever it is. I'm going to go do something to make myself feel good instead of sitting here spinning and not having it be anything. And sometimes I have to tell myself too, like rest is productive. And I think that was another big one that I had to really wake up to when I went through all this was like, it's okay to rest. It's okay just to just be and just be present. And our world loves to tell us that that's not okay because you have to constantly be climbing this and doing this. And I think the pandemic in a way was such a blessing because it showed all us like you can hit the pause button. Like you can find your- There is more to life. There is interaction. Yes. Like yes. real life people matter. Yes, that's right. Yeah, all, you know? all of those things. I'm I am obsessed with Europe and um I've taken my kids a couple times and eventually I want to live in Italy. Oh but yeah. A big piece of it is because of their whole yeah, their whole mindset style philosophy. It's you know, it's not totally. about yeah, and I think Americans think, oh well, that's just lazy and you can't be abundant. Yes. And that's that, right. They do. I think like they're, they're all about living a great lifestyle. And, right. you know, I totally, they're, they're, they're enjoying life way more than we are. <laughs> yeah, you can have it both ways. You just have to understand what is of value to you. Yes. Make yes. time for it. And yes. if you do, you will have, a, I believe in balance. I really do. I know it's crazy, but I believe that it's possible for all of us. We just have to put value on the things that make. I love you said that about value. It's right. It's, it's more than just priorities. It's actual value of like, what is actually bringing me joy? What is actually working with my family? What is, what are all those questions? But I think a lot of times these are hard questions for most people to have with themselves. And in my opinion, I believe that's what we're dealing with as a collective right now. I think that there's a lot of hard questions being asked of all of us right now. And those that are choosing to kind of push aside and just continue to listen to the noise and be fed different things, they're feeling it the hardest right now because they're not connecting back to themselves and they're just listening to whatever else is going on. And so they're being fed these constant programs and then they believe them. Like you said, it becomes a belief system. Mm -hmm. And so I really believe that's kind of like what we're breaking out of right now on a really heavy spiritual level. Yep. And if you listeners are feeling that way, I mean, I think that one of the first things that you can start to do is get out your journal and start yes. logging what you're thinking, yes. start logging yes. what you're feeling, like get, get it out, just head. get it out. Yes. yes. Get it out yes. of your head, get it on paper. As soon as you do that, you can start to make sense of it. You can That's start right. to see some patterns. And you feel clear, right? All of a sudden the yeah. fog and the spinning and all the things you're like, oh, I, I can feel clear or I feel nothing, but at least there's nothing up there to continuously spin, right? Like right. For depression, same thing. They were like the first week, it was like, just, just right. And I was like, what? And I couldn't believe how much I wrote and how oh heavy God. it was. Yes. It was like, Oh my gosh. But, but it, but it made me, like you said, it made, it makes you see it right. Once that you see it, you can't unsee it. You're like, Oh, you can process it in a completely different way than when you're spinning it in your head. Yes. It's completely different. And, and you can let it go in a way that you never see it, release it and let it go. Yes. Change it. Oh my God. I love this conversation. I could go on and on and on forever. (laughs) I know. I love you. You have to come on my show. I'm going to have you on my podcast. Yes. I would absolutely love, love, love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and your story and your light, um, with all of us guys, um, go follow, go do all the stuff. So where can everybody, um, learn the most about you and, and be part of your journey? 
Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. It lit me up as well. Um, I love seeing people come together that I really believe are light workers in this time and helping people shift the way the narrative has been for a long time. Yeah. Um, so you can follow me at Allie Bean Design. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram, but I have Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, all the platforms, but I'm, I try to mostly spend my time on one platform, Instagram, um, <laughs> Allie Bean Design. Everything with Allie Levine is my podcast. So check out wherever you listen to this amazing yeah. podcast. You can check out mine. It's a very real and raw conversation about all the things we kind of just talked about, wellness, spiritual, motherhood. I touch on it all. We get deep. Um, and my website's AllieLevine.com. I do style everyday people, mostly remote now. So if you do want to be styled or have your closet worked on or just get a consult, you can reach out to me, either DM me or reach out on my website. And if this resonated with you, please say hello. I love to meet fellow, you know, like-minded people. And I love to help empower others who are maybe in this, like you were saying, rut of figuring things out. Please feel free to say hello. It's so much fun to get to connect with everyone. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for being on. Um, go listen to the show, you guys. I am so excited to uh, listen to it as well. And thank you for sharing everything with us today. Guys, get out there and hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.